0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Informative and entertaining. This is The Roy Green Show across the Chorus Radio Network. Prime Minister Trudeau has signaled he'll continue with his plan to bring 25,000... Refugee claimants from Syria to Canada before the end of the year. And that he'll withdraw Canada's CF-18s from the coalition bombing in uh, Syria of ISIS. French elections are going to take place in a month. Uh, we spoke with uh, Louis Holloway about that uh, a couple of minutes ago. Will the ISIS attack drive more French voters into the camp of the ultra-nationalist anti-immigrant front National Party? And what will we see likely as far as attacks on ISIS is concerned? If France asks for help from its allies, then what for Canada? And Britain, as we uh, talked about at the top of the hour, putting thousands of special forces, special police on the streets of its cities, what does that signal? That the UK is at the end of its intelligence rope? That seems to be the view of Dr. Christian Luprecht, international security expert and professor of political science at the Royal Military College of Canada and Queen's University, and he joins us from France. A lot to cover in six minutes, uh, Christopher. A question i'm sorry uh,
1: yes i think so the challenge here is that I, what what these attacks show and the response that we're seeing is that i think western um, rule of law states are grasping at straws as to how to come to grips with this challenge of Terrorism and in particular the Islamist terrorism, which is that we expect our states to keep our citizens safe and sound and to uh, be able to live in a sense of order. And it seems that we're exhausting, we're running up to the limits of what is possible within the rule of law framework that we have and what our intelligence security services, in particular, which are, of course, the services that are ultimately tasked with trying to identify and prevent these types of attacks are able to do within that framework. And what indicates that to me is that the way we react to these attacks is, you see President François Hollande, this is a declaration of war, this is a, an act of war, we see uh, the British, as you pointed out, deploying a small portion, but nonetheless, of special, uh, of special forces, specially trained SAS personnel, uh, so that when we're trying to resort to military measures to come to grips with national security problems, that suggests to me that 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 we're uh, we're running up against the limits of what we're able to do to try to contain this menace.
0: So the options that uh, that are on the table for let's say NATO countries and Russia comes into the into the mix, I guess as well, to a certain extent uh, or other. The options on the table are either. Um, really all out war in the conventional sense and that is put every boot on the ground that you can or we close down our society somewhat or is there a third option am i missing am i missing something key here
1: well i mean ultimately we need to make the regions where uh, where this sort of a violent narrative has taken root places that are sustainable places to live economically socially politically culturally but there is no Military solution per se, and military solutions to some extent play into the hands of those who want to advocate uh, for this violent
0: narrative because it would create uh, it would cre- create more more support for them in certain areas.
1: Uh, exactly, I mean this is sort of what we learn part of the the Afghanistan experience. So I think there's a multi tier strategy here. One is to try to Pacify the Middle East, bring some stability back, but simply trying to whack ISIS or Daesh, uh, sure, with Western military might, we can uh, inflict considerable damage and make it impossible for the organization to hold territory. But as long as these are unsustainable places to live, this will be a whack a mole exercise. We're just going to hit ISIS and some other extremist organization is going to uh, pop up somewhere. So this is not to say that, of course, a ceasefire in Syria is, of course, an important part of the overall strategy strategy. Um, but it also needs to be to understand that Daesh fights on three fronts. There's the, there's the ideology, there's money, and there's the jihad that they advocate. And so we need to be able to make sure we, we, we cut off the flows of money. We've been doing quite well at that. The flows of money are down by intelligence reports about 90 percent over the past year. Um, there's the jihad part of trying to attract people to die for whatever sort of uh, uh, adulterated interpretation of Islam this organization advocates. But the real challenge, I think, is the ideology. And we need to tell a better story. And I think in the West, we've been complacent. We sit on our laurels and we take democracy for granted. And my case has always been that democracy is something to be defended. And defending it means also safeguarding the values that we cherish of freedom of equality and justice and not letting violent attacks drive us into the hands of of extremists by compromising those, while at the same time recognizing that security and freedom are, of course, complementary. This is not a zero-sum game, and we will need to adjust our security, I think, orientation in light of what happened in Paris.
0: Yeah, and Christian, you know we're accustomed to, and we in fact encourage through our constitutions and our charters, and our fundamental way of de- democratic life, we we encourage protest, we we encourage people to speak their minds and and get out in the streets and 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 you know wave the placards and try to make a change. And then change, make it changes at election times. We're not used to though um, organized physical assault from within by our own, which is what's happening. Nice
1: yeah, this has been very much the narrative that runs through the French media, the repeatedly that these were individuals who spoke fluent French, so the sense of a fifth column. Uh, and as you point out, I mean, what has been the reaction that, that the presidential decree has essentially prohibited? All forms of mass assembly in Paris, and that police are actively dispersing individuals because they are afraid that any form of mass assembly may form a target uh, for uh, for other people looking to engage in violent extremism. And so, uh, I think we are starting to undermine precisely those things that are so fundamental to our own societies. And uh, I think we see a shift in phase here that will require us in the short term to respond perhaps with uh, much more concerted effort in terms of possibly even having to limit some of those freedoms i mean france is already talking about extending this decree uh, that can only be enacted by uh, by, by the, the the executive for 12 days and then it has to go to the national assembly to extend by extending that beyond 12 days so limiting the fundamental freedoms that we all cherish but Um, I think this all suggests that we're living in very, very difficult times, and we need to make sure that we don't give up what we cherish the most um, in order to come to grips with this phenomenon of violent extremism. And to do that, we simply need to take out the fuel that fires up this violent narrative.
0: Christian, as always, uh, thank you so much. Uh, These are such difficult, dangerous, and different times. I really appreciate your input. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Dr. Christian Luprecht from uh, Queen's University and the Royal Military College of Canada. We're back after this.